From your data, you are fully functional, aren't you? Of course, but... How fully? In every way, of course. I am programmed in multiple techniques. A broad variety of pleasuring. Uh. Mom is making a pubic salad, and I need some Seth's own dressing. She wants my dick in and around her mouth. First, I want you to tongue my bung while you juggle my balls in one hand and play with my asshole with the other. Spank me! And spank me! And me! And me! Yes! Yes, you must give us all a good spanking! Guys! After the spanking, the oral sex! Naughty nerds. It's, it's cathartic to like get that shit out just like as a person anyway it's like, yeah this we're is like your therapist this is, is this like a is therapy like, session now tell us about the dreams you had about your dad <laughs> <laughs> tell us where he touched you <laughs> right. and we're, we're already recording by the way oh I didn't know that yes this is all gonna be the disregard that <laughs> this is the introduction where did we not talk. have weird dreams about my father yeah it's, it's <laughs> gonna be out there Welcome to the Naughty Nerds. This is the podcast where we talk about nerd-dumb-ish stuff and sexuality in the geek nerd world and a little bit more. That was really awkward. That's right. We'll go with that. (laughs) I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Tasha. And today we have our friend Heather here. Hi, Heather. Hi. Heather is is our friend that we've known. How long have we known each other? Uh, Two and a half years now. Almost three. Almost three. three. I think it's going to, yeah, it's pretty closer to Feels like a decade, though. It's been forever. So um, many, many moons ago when I got involved in the geek scene, I was starting a documentary on downtown Mesa and because there was kind of like a a thing happening down there. It was was actually a thing, believe it or not. Like it's kind of a ghost town now, but uh, back then there was like a comic shop opened up. There was a cool like steampunk um, kind of odds and ends oddity shop. And it wasn't just Mormons. Yeah, it wasn't just <laughs> Mormons. Uh, you know, it really seemed, there was a, like an independent grindhouse uh, movie theater down there that was very cool. And they had these uh, second Fridays where there was like tons of people out on the streets. And it just it seemed like that was going to be a thing. Like it was like. like and downtown, it was a thing. It was a, a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. I was there for a summer. Like, <laughs> like all the time you were there. Right. And, and so I'm, I was down there filming a lot of stuff for a documentary about this. And, um, so there was like one girl that kept popping up everywhere. I turned my fucking camera. This chick was there like everywhere that I went. Camera whore. Yeah. She was like a camera <laughs> whore. Like, I think she was like looking at the camera, like and just trying to sneak into the background or something. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Not really. She was just there. No, yeah. you were stalking me. That's I'm convinced <laughs> what happened. So every shot and there was like a hacker space down there. So there's all these like crazy people like creating crazy. all like they're crazy. They're making all kinds of crazy shit like I, robotics I and the, science yeah. stuff. They're and, crazy smart. Yeah. They're crazy smart. They're all like, like evil geniuses, but they're all like one. why do so, you think i was there yeah so and and so everywhere yeah and, and so I, this girl was there and i saw her there and it's kind of weird because there was a girl there and um and then like at the comic shop like I just, we just kept running into each other so eventually uh what i think i just i don't even remember uh you met me no you you sat me down and you said hey you're down here all the time you're cute you're not shy. Do you want to be in my documentary? And That's I said, right. hell yeah. Well, actually, I That's thought exactly the first what time was like you were just coming out of the Royale with somebody. The first time. Because I caught yeah, a this, picture this little, of you. This and, little geek boy that followed yeah. me around. Yeah. Um, I came out of the Royale and you and you and Jim were outside and you and Jim said, hey, can I interview? And I said, of course, you know, and That's we did funny. a little interview. And then the next day I was at Heat Sink learning how to solder and he was there filming and he said, oh, it's you again. Right, and, and then yeah. the third day, I was at Gotham doing something anime night. I don't know what it was, yeah, it was and something. you were there, and you're like, "Holy shit, you're here! You basically do you live in the streets? Yeah, like, <laughs> do you have a home, young lady? <laughs> do your parents know where you are." <laughs> so um, yeah, so we started talking, and then uh, we we became really good friends, like very quickly. Very quickly, yeah. yeah. I remember the first time we hung out, we were playing uh, Last Night on Earth at yes. Gotham. Yeah, actually. we played a board game. So I just randomly asked this girl to play a board game with us, uh, or with me uh, at Gotham, and it's like. That's like nerd foreplay. It was. <laughs> it was. It was very foreplay-ish, um, and I won, so that was good. And then I asked her to be my booth, babe. That's right. Oh, and then yep, and then and then I met the fabulous Tony Darling, but that's a different story. That's a whole different story. That's, that's a whole a, different story. That's a different podcast. Supposedly she's coming to the the Christmas party, so we'll get to see her. Oh, okay, cool. It's been a it's been a long time. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so we we became friends and and. Uh, 
when I, the project for the documentary kind of started falling by the wayside because everything sort of imploded downtown Mesa. Your documentary became an obituary. It did. It, it like I cursed. I think the whole fucking place to shut down. <laughs> I still um, think you should continue to make one it. One of these days, I'm going to rise piece, and fall. Yeah, I'm going to piece together sort of like the story of what happened down there. But anyway, so while, while in the midst of all this, um, there's this uh, you know cute little little nerd girl hanging out down there. We became good friends, and I started filming stuff at cons. And I did uh, the Geek Associated Press Project, which was um, basically uh, hot nerd girls uh, at cons, basically covering cons in a very sort of G4 style. You glossed over sexy slow-mo bloodbath time. Oh, that's right. Okay, <laughs> so um, that actually that was three years ago. So yeah. three years ago at the Royale, there's this Grindhouse movie theater downtown. T- tell us what it was, what that thing was. The, it was like the Thanksgiving movie marathon and there are there are four people that worked at the Royale that did movie programming and they would do these all night movie marathons that would start at 8pm and go until the morning and they had five movie slots open for their Thanksgiving marathon only four programmers so they let um, whoever, they did a video submission contest and whoever you know had the best video submission was gonna you know whoever won got to pick the fifth movie slot but since you nor i nor our friend greg couldn't make it but we still wanted to make a video right we kind of just made a little fucking uh, like grindhouse exploitation promo video yeah yeah yeah, it was just no it was self-contained it it had a beginning a middle and an end (laughs) yes and and i was reading the dialogue off the ground while we were filming you know but it, it it was coherent i wrote a like a like a three-page script like i think a half hour before yeah or something the worst part was covering myself in bright red corn syrup so i just met this you girl owe me a bra by the way yeah and one of the first things that i do i was like hey do you, do you want to like hang out in a and i don't know what was it it was a shower and just pour blood all over yourself like really sexy <laughs> I was like, why the fuck not? She's like, sure. Fucking let's do it. <laughs> and so our friendship blossomed. Yay. Yeah, we we did this little, uh, I'll put a link up to it, uh, of a uh, little video that we did. And it was a short little uh, uh, kind of a geek exploitation is what I called it. It was like a little exploitation film. And I deliberately tried to shoot it kind of shaky cam and made it look low res and It's really dingy. fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So, um, And then, uh, yeah, the Geek Social Press stuff came along. And uh, I was getting overwhelmed with just the logistics of trying to wrangle all the hosts that I had. And uh, and Heather was always there and kind of understood where I was coming from for a lot of the stuff that I was doing and wanted to help uh, basically produce some of the stuff, like kind of wrangle people together and disseminate information and all that good stuff. And so we Whatever. Did, I was just your bitch wrangler. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, you did. And then, then somehow we we conned you into getting in front of the camera a couple times. Yeah, you conned me. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how that happened. Actually, I don't really know what happened. <laughs> I, I think it, it was because someone must have flaked it, flaked out, which is usually what happens. And I'm there anyway, so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> someone flaked out and they can't do it, so Heather get in front of the camera. <laughs> yep. And so, and yeah, that's. And now we're in it here. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 how we kind of got to know each other, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, but then, but you had already kind of been hanging out downtown for a while. Yeah, I've been going to downtown Mesa for for quite a few for a few months since that summer before I met you, and I've kind of I've always been someone that kind of wanted to pursue. I actually, to be honest, the way I started getting into a lot of this was I started following Lightning Octopus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Simon. Simon. Yes, he writes a fantastic blog. Um, and I would use his blog every every week. And it just, you know, just lists all the geeky things going on in Phoenix and Mesa all over the valley. And I realized that half of his list was always in downtown Mesa. So I just wound up kind of, you know, being down there all the time. And I've always kind of wanted to pursue things like that. And kind of, I didn't really fit in with a lot of, like, I didn't fit in with the ASU kids or jocks or... And so um, I've always been a fucking nerd. And so I decided to go find people that were like me and, you know, actually make some friends for once instead of just drinking wine and watching movies at night by myself. <laughs> Lonely, sad, drinking. Instead well, of being an emo kid, make making some a lot of friends. I mean, we all did. I mean, yeah. we ended up being introduced to a lot of different crowds. And now we're one big family with all kinds of drama, just like my real family. <laughs> Interesting family. Yes. So, um, well, t- tell us a little bit about that. Like, you, 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 what kinds of stuff are you into? Like, for people who don't know you, just to kind of get an um, idea of. 
Well, it only it kind of started back when I was really young, and I was in middle school. Our computer died, and I asked my mom if I could stay home from school and take it apart. And you know, when I was in middle school, I you know had a crush on this huge computer nerd boy, and I wanted to learn all this stuff about computers. And then, you know, I made friends when I was in high school. And we would play like Dungeons and Dragons, and we actually I got into this like the hardcore like that's like it's like hard drugs for nerds. <laughs> I got into D and D, you know. Uh, obviously, video games is always a part of my life. Um, I was always kind of a dweeb. I've always kind of, you know, things like that. So and that's kind of where it started. My dad's a huge sci-fi nerd. I was always a horror nerd. So all my life, I've kind of been into that kind of stuff anyway. And then I'm you, know, you meet people that get you in more into it, and it's just kind of it's just kind of becomes who you are. Right, and and so not a lot of girls like that hang out with nerds. Like not a lot of not a lot of female. Oh no! And uh, trust me, I was not this uh, cute nerd girl that you speak of that you met for my whole life. I was kind of a one of those girls that when I was like thirteen, fourteen, would spend ten hours a day on IRC and wouldn't shower and you know fucking. well, nothing much. You has, know, nothing's on, like, changed that much. So, right. Nothing. I mean, no, you know, I <laughs> I wash my hair now, Jim. <laughs> All right, I wear deodorant. No, and and that's kind of where I was, and that's that's I think one of the differences with me is that I I, I you know you know to each their own, but I kind of grew up as an unpopular nerd, even though I'm a girl, and I think that's a very distinct thing. I mean, a lot of girls now get into it, and they're attractive, and they just start they come out of the gate being popular with it, and. You know, I remember I remember being made fun of for being a zombie nerd. <laughs> I got made fun of for it. You know, I would carry around the zombie survival guide in school and kids thought I was fucking weird. Like, oh, you believe that shit? What's wrong with you? You know, and it's like, it, I, I wasn't cool for it. You know, I, I, I had to kind of earn my stripes. And then, you know, I grew some tits and it changed. <laughs> um, but uh, so it turns out like tits help. Is, is... Tits help everything. Yes, okay. do you, don't you live in America? I do. I do. <laughs> and... Um, so, so like, even around, like, your, your early friends, like, you still weren't popular? You still weren't, like, the... I was, I still wasn't the hot girl. <laughs> so, what, what, what sort of happened? Like, what sort of changed? Um, when did things sort of click? I, I hit about 16. I mean, I did get, you know, I lost a little bit of baby fat, and I started, uh, you know, dressing a little bit better. I started wearing slutty fishnets and stuff, and that helped. And also, I got, I also just got a lot more confident in myself. You know, I started to own it. Instead of being like, oh, I like this stuff. It was like, no, I like this stuff, you know, and like, this is what I like. This is what I do. And I just kind of started to own it a lot more. And then that was around like 2006, 2007. So, you know, I mean, that's when I was in high school. And uh, also my, my, I had a boyfriend at the time, my ex-fiance. He, uh, he was a huge nerd. So I kind of went on that route where I just, I. So you always gravitated towards those kind of guys. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it made it easier because, you know, it wasn't, you know, you can't walk up to a jock and be like, do you want to play D&D? Well, you no, know? but that's the thing, isn't you it? Know? Like, like, uh, like the jock guys always hit on the little, little nerd guy. Oh, they do like, now. But I, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they're still really not my that type. That, that's a thing. No, army guys, me. army guys definitely have a thing for us. Uh, army guys just are horny bastards. And I they guess. all want to get married. Yeah. Like three weeks after you meet them. That's 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 a standard so yeah except for me i somehow avoided that except for you your exception to the rule been engaged for like i don't know 12 years (laughs) so yeah i mean i think as as soon as i kind of came into my own a little bit and i started owning it a lot more and i made more friends and, and dated some guys that were into it i definitely started to gravitate toward it like being proud of it and being so, very yeah, but there was never that point where like like you had like jock guys hitting you or, or did you ever date like regular? Oh well, there was. I mean, there was. I mean, I was this little. I mean, when I was sixteen, I worked at Subway. Had my my. And it worked, I lived in this really small town, Winslow, Arizona. If anyone knows what the fuck that place is, and um, so I mean, I had my bullshit little high school job, and there and I uh, there is the quarterback of the high school team actually. <laughs> And uh, my coworker Megan, she she wanted him so fucking bad, and he actually wouldn't go near with a t- with a ten foot pole. Probably wouldn't fuck her with someone else's dick. But for some <laughs> reason, this little this little half goth nerd girl that worked that worked with her was he was all over it, and I, you know, I wasn't into it. You know, honestly, like at the well at the time, I had my little 
my chubby metalhead boyfriend in high school too. Have you ever been attracted to sort of like regular, sort of just regular guys? Like, no, guys, not really. Guys pick up trucks that you know shoot mm, things. And... No, they're all kind of Neanderthals to me, actually. <laughs> so well, so yeah. And then the difference is like I wasn't incredibly attracted to the, I don't know, the athletes and everything. I mean, there were some cute ones, but I, I wanted that because I was the meek little low on the. Uh, the food chain I guess so I wanted like the popularity of that and so when I finally did like date the quarterback it was very boring and I quit that really quickly and realized that that's not all it's cracked up to be so is it is it more like that or are you just like well I think I think we're on, I mean on the right track but for me in my at least in my time when I was in middle school and like early high school it wasn't so much the jocks that were the thing it was the skater boys I grew up in the skater boy era where all the cute skater boys with their, with their you know, like, uh, jackass hats and fucking <laughs> skateboards and fucking, you know. And actually, my very first boyfriend, like, my first kiss was this blonde-haired, blue-eyed little skater boy. Dated him for nine days because he was the cute boy in school. All the girls liked him. He was all over me. So I was like, okay, my first little boyfriend, I broke up with him because he tried to get on my IRC chat room and he wouldn't leave my computer. So ah, I broke up with him. <laughs> I said, get out of here. <laughs> that's to choose between the internet and boys. Literally what happened. <laughs> Although I did get my first kiss in a movie theater during Resident Evil Apocalypse. Not Apocalypse. <laughs> the second, Whatever the second one was. Oh whatever. How old were we? Making you guys feel old. I think I was... I don't know. I don't know how I was. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, I definitely had the thing for like the Blink One Eighty Two Skater Boy kind of thing, and that 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 was like the jocks and for me, right. you know. But they're very they're the same thing where they're vapid and kind of you know don't have a lot of intellectual stimulation. Right. <laughs> and and so so yeah, that's that was pretty much your thing. Like you've always sort of liked. Uh, uh, sort of uh nerdy boys like that's been your thing oh it, it absolutely has i mean my my very first boy actually this is actually a funny story my very first bo- actual boyfriend we dated for two years and i was we started dating when i was 14 and uh he was a total metalhead fucking chains around his neck fucking like he was a total fucking badass and then i was at his house one day and uh, he was in the bathroom and i remember finding this lunchbox it was a it was a sonic the hedgehog lunchbox that inside had a bunch of Star Trek cards, and then right next to it was a set of D&D dice. And he comes out of his bathroom, and he sees that I found it, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, I, oh, I was so embarrassed. Like he found his porn. Yeah, like, 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 I found his porn, and I was like, no, this is awesome. Like, you know, so it was one of those moments where I was like, no, this is freaking sweet. By the way, I found naked pictures of your mom. Those are hot, too. I'm keeping those. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I... So anyway, it was kind of one of those moments where it was like he didn't realize that I liked that kind of stuff, and it was just it was it was actually kind of ironic, I thought, you know. So then, cut from from that, from uh, this girl, you know, grew up in in, in little small town, right, and and uh, not didn't sort of blossom, right, and then I think it's called ugly duckling syndrome. Ugly duckling syndrome, and then uh, I've seen your Facebook page. All your young pictures are still very adorable. You're Tell that to the boys I liked. <laughs> And then cut to a couple years later, like you, you, like I met you and you literally had like a little groupie following you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm not going to name drop because I don't want to embarrass right. the kid. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and that just happens, you know, like, and that's actually what I started to realize as I got older and I realized I was an attractive nerd girl. I was too nice. And then I started realizing that you can't, you can't be, be too nice. nice to nerd boys because they'll puppy dog you. They will. Yeah. And that's that actually. Yeah. I, I kind of had a bad rep as a heartbreaker for a while because, they you know, so they puppy dog love you. Yeah. So that doesn't work. That's not just for nerd boys, by the way, it, for any boy, especially if like if you have a relationship like mine and Jim's and guy thinks already that you have a shot, like don't be real nice because then they're just like, oh, well, I have some shot or something. And then they don't leave you alone. So annoying. Let me put it this way. I met a guy at a comic book shop a few years ago that within the first 20 minutes of talking to me, he joked about getting married in Vegas. Wow. Well, because he figured, he's like, all right, this is my one chance. Like, I, she talked to me. You know, like, it's now it's fucking marriage. Shit, or get off the pot. <laughs> like, if I don't do this now, it's just not going to fucking happen. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a virgin. I, uh, look, I'm going to ask for it all real quick. Like, She's, hey. I, yeah. <laughs> She's been talking to me for more than 20 minutes, and shes I don't pay her. So, so for those of you that don't know Heather, and I think right now most of our audience probably, we all know each other, but but if we were to make a checklist of things that nerd boys were like or geek boys were like or even like uh, awkward goth kids would like, like 
what would be the checklist? Like, who would be the people that you would, famous people that you would list off? Tasha, who would you list off? Wait, what? I'm not understanding. No, understand the question. So, so if you were to ask like a nerd boy, like, who's a hot like nerdy chick? Like, who are like name like three hot nerdy chicks, um, in in, like out in the world. Out worlds like yeah. celebrities. Like celebrities, yeah. Uh, Alicia Day. Alicia Day. Okay, yeah. Uh, fuck. Uh, Olivia Mund. Olivia Mund. That's and uh, like I grew up in the '90s, so it was like uh, it was Winona Ryder. Uh, was definitely the the chick, uh, and then uh, the now who's who's like the big one right now? Uh, for geeks, oh for geeks. I mean, I Felicia Day's the last one I heard any yeah, kind Felicia of like Day. you know craziness about. If there's one was if there's one category of girls that definitely Cosplayers nerd boys like. They're like well, it's yeah. the Snow White girls. Like nerds like Snow White girls. Manic pixie dream girls. Manic pixie dream girls. So for those who, for those who don't know Heather, that she like who who people say you look like who you get like three different people mm. I think. I hear uh, I hear Zoe Deschanel, but like a goth one. <laughs> um, I hear actually I don't know if many people know who she is, Alessandra Torresani from Caprica. Yeah, I hear that, and I I've uh, who else have I heard? Oh God, Flo from Progressive, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, it, you know, dark hair, blue eyes, you know, big cheeks, you know, you got that whole thing going on, you know, and the whole kind of like... Looks like if the sun hits you, you would like burst into flames. Porcelain doll kind of thing going on. Sickly really is more of that. Yeah, you know, kind of anemic, you know. <laughs> I need to eat some bananas. I don't know what the fuck. What do it's anemics eat? Weak, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you eat all the bananas. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going straight to phallic food. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, very much Manny, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But of the nerds. Of the nerd, which is uh, which is a thing. Like, that's that's a thing that, that like, guys always... Oh, it's definitely a trope. Of. It's yeah. definitely a social trope, for sure. Do, do you... Would you describe yourself that way? I never... I mean, there was definitely a time that I played it up more because I realized how much power I had. <laughs> um, I did get a little power hungry for a little while after I realized it. But, I mean, it was never something I tried to play up. It was just kind of... I mean, in high school, and I really wasn't happy-go-lucky in high school. I was actually pretty miserable for a while, and I was kind of like the brooding kid that started getting into, like, dark wave and kind of hated the life. I was really cynical and... Angsty. I was very angsty because I was 16. I lived in a small town, and my boyfriend was mean, and... A vampire. My dad oh, wait, didn't understand my... <laughs> You know, you know. And so, Did you write bad poetry? Because that seems to be like a thing. Uh, no, I <laughs> no. Good, I read poetry. bad poetry. <laughs> I listened to bad music. <laughs> you know, but um, no. And then actually, after I grew up and had you know dated some other people, I moved out of the house when I was eighteen. Almost got married, you know. And I've been kind of off on my, on my own since then. And so I, you know, kind of broke out of that depression thing. And it's kind of once you get out there and you kind of realize what's popular and what, you know, and for a girl that didn't get attention growing up that, you know, was ugly duckly when she was younger, I suddenly realized, oh, I've got black hair and bangs and blue eyes and pale skin. And I like all this nerd shit and I like cool music and I can use that to my advantage. And, you know, incidentally, I did. And, it, you know, it was very shallow. And that's actually one thing that still kind of bothers me about a lot of like nerd girls is that they kind of use it to exploit to get attention and not that i didn't have a phase like that but you know um that was something we actually got, came up like when we would do a lot of the geek associated press stuff like you're very much against that like you're very guarded i was very guarded and it, it, it's mainly because a lot of these girls and it, if they really genuinely get into the nerdy stuff when they get older that's fine if they genuinely do like it that's fine but, I mean, I kind of had this really strong bitterness toward these girls, you know, growing up when, like, Halo came out. And, they, you know, I'm such a nerd girl. Look at me playing Halo in my bra and my boy shorts, you know. And it's like, <laughs> Let me bite my controller and it's, look it's sexy. Like, it, it's kind of like, you know, like the whole attention whoring thing with, like, you know, like, okay, I play video games. I'm a girl. I'm not going to fucking post a half-naked picture of me biting a controller, you know, <laughs> to prove myself. It was kind of, I didn't need that kind of validation. You know, I realized I could get attention for it, but I didn't really want to. Um, I would like to see that picture if you ever do choose to do something. You can like take that. the pictures, Tasha. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there are some pictures. Yeah, of we you are due to take pictures again. We did have a nerdy. I was wearing a bow tie for you. A bow tie and, and a bra. It was yeah, like a. It was like a tank. It was like tank first, one of our tank first top. photo shoots. Yeah, so like little top. boy shorts, and I had like eight bit panties. Mm. Yeah. That's right, and um, <clears throat> so. 
yeah you, you were kind of guarded of the scene of like of girls sort of coming into it like you like they had almost passed a, a test with you or you something. know why because i was chubby and i got made fun of and i earned my stripes i earned it was like this is what it feels like it feels like i earned the right to get this attention now like i went through the hell right. like i went through the i'm an awkward greasy nerd and now i'm getting the attention and that was okay with me i was like you know what this is my karma. I'm finally getting the good karma. And I feel like a lot of these like cosplay girls are girls that just wanted to use it to get shallow validation from nerd boys or wanted to manipulate them. Well, I have, I have a, like a, a different term now. So now, now I use the term tits and ass cosplayers. Yes. To okay. differentiate from Yes. People. Okay. Because yes, fair enough. I'm not trying to uh, offend anyone. There are some, and, and I do know some very legitimate hardworking cosplayers that are, you know, have been working their asses off to do these costumes. But uh, yeah, exactly. I mean like the, like the like the beer spokesmodel girls of the cosplay world. Right. Mm-hmm. And the end. So that, those are kind of like. A well, pencil. and those are fine. Like if that's what you want to do for a job, but don't pretend like that's something you're into. If that's all you're doing it for is a job and to get attention. Like yeah, don't, don't be fake. If if you're getting paid to be there and dress up like whatever like. And whatever. you know, honestly, I've come. I've actually come to peace with it more because this is now how I think about it. You know, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders probably don't give any fucks about football but they're gonna play it up to make a lot of money so i kind of think as a lot of like the tna cosplay chicks now as cheerleaders (laughs) (laughs) um because really that's what they are to me they're they're definitely cheerleaders good way to think about it yeah because i I think that's that's very valid and just like that actually kind of backs up my point of of like i I did a whole rant of cosplayers like you got to hear this because it was like literally 40 minutes of going on going off against cosplayers but mm-hmm. um or tits and ass cosplayers but every every time you're gonna bring this i'm up. gonna bring it up yeah because it, cause <laughs> it, it comes up it's, it's such a thing it's important but, but you don't ask the cheerleaders to talk about football like when it comes to talking about the state of football or finding out what's going on in football you don't talk to the cheerleaders you talk no. to the players you talk to people who make shit happen exactly so I think that's actually a perfect analogy or even the fans. yeah you're welcome or you talk to a fan yeah you talk to a real fan you know your hardcore fans or you talk to people who've actually done it, not people who cheer it. So yeah, you don't talk to the you know yeah the little not even fan girls. But that's actually the one thing that will bother me is that a lot of TNA cosplay chicks will will totally be like, oh, I am a fan girl and I'm totally into this, and that's where or it's I like know everything about that total posers, you know, and you get you get bitter about that kind of stuff, you know. So it does kind of suck in that way. I mean, I'm, I've definitely grown out of it a bit. I've grown out of my bitterness, but, um, I mean, cause I mean, especially now, cause it's just, it's just, it's just, I have to accept it. It's part of cons. It's card. It's part of the nerd world now. And I can't fight it. You ran out of fucks. <laughs> I've run out of fucks to give. Well, you also kind of put yourself out there too. Cause you did a couple of projects, you know, with me and there's other mm-hmm. people in town you did projects with where you, um, sort of made, started making a name for yourself as, as a personality. Yeah. And, and there was, uh, but I never wanted to pigeonhole myself as a novelty. Right. It was always very important to me to still retain my... I'm an actual person that knows a lot of things. I'm not a vapid novelty. And that was always actually what was really important for me. And with that came sort of your own little fandom. You have a bunch of little people always uh, uh, getting your attention or wanting your attention. Mm-hmm. And and sort of with with all that, the almost like that ugly duggling, you had sort of an arc actually to your life, which is really kind of interesting. Ugly like, duggling. Ugly Dugling? Is that what it's Ugly Durkin. Ugly Durkin. And um, so you had this arc. So you, you, mm-hmm. you hit it sort of plateau. And then it seems like you had a point in your life where things started kind of sliding downward. Um, Downward how? Well, things were, you started going, like you had like a couple of bad relationships. and. Yeah. And well, also I wasn't, um, I wasn't as receptive to it anymore. I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm. I'm not a shallow person. I got wore out on it. You know, I was tired of like, oh, I'm going to talk to this nerdy boy for half an hour and he's going to fall in love with me and follow me around. Like, I mean, it, it gets, it gets old. Like it's, I don't, I didn't want to live my life with like shallow validation. And not only that, I don't want to lead people on. So I just, I decided to focus more on like legitimate friendships and relationships, you know? Um, I mean, obviously we are friends. And so like, you know, then those were tended to those became more of the dynamics that I tended to uh, gravitate toward after that. Okay, so then... I don't, like, I don't need a fan club. <laughs> tell us as far as sexually, like... Ooh. Tell us get how you got started. Like, were you really guarded at the beginning? And then, oh. like, you've always been very, like... Um. You've only had sex twice in your life, right? Uh, I mean, you don't have to tell us all of your, your sex <laughs> Oh, toys, no, I am definitely not shy. Everybody has kind of a journey. Um, I was 
definitely raised Christian, and I think we all know how that ends up. <laughs> um, no, I definitely I started having a sex drive when I was, you know, 14. You know, I was in, like, eighth grade, and I was like, I was good to go. I mean, so I didn't have sex. Your- and I, no, it was, I was, it was my, actually, my, it was my freshman year of high school. I was a week from 15, which is very young, I know. It was, you know, I wasn't very old. It was my first boyfriend, you know, it was the metalhead, and uh, we loved each other. We were going to get married. Of it course. Was, of course, it was one of those things, you know, but uh, no, I actually was not shy about it. I mean, it took us a good couple months before we, before I, you know, had sex with him for the first time, but after that, we kind of were energetic bunnies, like we just kind of didn't stop ever, <laughs> and um, I mean... I'll be completely candid. Like, we used to go to the mall and we'd go to Spencer's and I was like, hey, Japanese love ropes, let's get these. Oh, really? And yeah, I mean, I was already like, I already kind of knew what I wanted. I was like, I was actually, you know, already wanted to like play around with like light bondage in high school. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was always, I was actually always very comfortable with myself in that way. That's very good. Um, Everybody gets that. Yeah, I know. And I've never, uh, I've never been ashamed of that, you know. It's not something I was going to walk up to my dad and be like, guess what I did yesterday, dad? (laughs) You know, but it was definitely something I was never ashamed of sexually. I've never been ashamed. I've never had that kind of sexual shaming of myself. You know, um, I was always very accepting and, you know, I liked what I liked and, you know, and that was just how it was. Uh, I, I grew up definitely being a bit submissive. I actually got corrected by a porn star one time that I ran into, incidentally, um, and she said, well, she's not a, she's a no name. Wait a minute. Person. How, how did you run into a porn? I ran into her at a, at a porn shop. <laughs> <laughs> Where else do you meet porn stars besides Van Nuys? <laughs> no, I mean, and she's a no name. She's just someone that was in porn. And, uh, we were talking for a while and she said that you're, oh, you're not, you're not a sub. You're a pet. Cause I was very, um, like people pleaser, you know, kind mm-hmm. of very submissive in that way. And I liked it. And, um, and I've changed a bit over the years but i still i still kind of like to be pushed around a bit yeah. and that's kind of always how i've been and there's a fine line though with relationships between abusive and being pushed around but still being respected yes definitely well yeah and you you went uh that was part of like what i was talking about like you you, you sort of discovered this about yourself and you kind of explored it a little bit more mm-hmm. and um like there there was you've kind of pulled away from some of the social circles lately because um, you had some bad stuff happen, but but prior yeah. prior to that, you like you were the chick who took her top off at parties. Yes, I was. <laughs> I mean, granted, okay, she didn't start off let's like call that, me out. No, and I didn't. When we I first met you, no. I thought you were even though you weren't, you were sweet, good and little innocent, girl, and you were you were being well. Without <laughs> well, you can details, call me a, you yeah. can call me a good girl, but you know that's a different story. You were you were pretty good girl. As I long mean, as you're slapping you her on the ass, kind of you know, good girl. Just enjoyed doing things and yeah no and and that's just how i've always been very comfortable with myself and of course you know when you when you get into a certain group of friends and like you know and and again it it didn't necessarily go to my head but you know the the parties i would go to you know they treat women like goddesses you know it wasn't it wasn't jocks it wasn't frat boys it was these awesome nerdy respectful loving caring people that embrace their their own sexuality so it was very comfortable to kind of to do that it was very like expressive and it felt actually kind of good to be like that you know but then i started realizing that i didn't want that to just be expected of me all the time yeah and i started realizing well you know like i you know i remember going to a party and not wanting to do that and not getting shit faced and taking off my clothes and You're like Heather, some people Heather, why is your shirt still why on? is heather still have her clothes on and like <laughs> that's the point where i was like you know i don't want that to be my reputation like i don't care if people have seen my tits but it's like i don't i don't want to go to a party you know being expected to get naked you know that, exactly that's kind of where it kind of and the, the line was drawn for me yeah that was just sort of like yeah that was the, the part where you're like all right that's that's enough of that yeah i'm a, I'm a person right. <laughs> Yeah. So how did you discover that you were kind of like a pet? Like, like describe what, what that is. Uh, daddy issues? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, this, I really don't know, honestly. This it, explains I, our relationship. I don't really remember like ever contemplating it. It's just kind of how I always was. And my first boyfriend was kind of a little a little aggressive. And well, 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 let's put it like, okay, so how... Somebody doesn't know what that means. So like if somebody doesn't know what. Okay. So what is it um, that you like? And are how you going to make out? me get all bashful? No, I just kind of found out. I Well, and I did have uh, not a legitimate relationship, but I did have a dynamic with a guy that it was all, it's all it was all power exchange. You know, it was all, uh, 
you know, it's here's how I describe it for me. You know, you get a little puppy and the puppy wants to play. Puppy is going to the puppy is going to bite you a little bit and kind of fight back. But the puppy wants you to be in control. So you and like that's kind of how puppies. No. <laughs> fucked up. I didn't know. about. You know what? <laughs> Don't. You know what? I like golden retrievers. Get out of here. <laughs> They're um, smart, intelligent animals. <laughs> they are loyal and man's best friend. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Unlike my last boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll hand you the peanut butter. Oh, hmm. I've got a squeaky toy. Um, no, I mean, it's just the dynamic where it's like, cause I actually am pretty aggressive sexually, but I've always wanted someone that's going to be, that's going to push it beyond that. And kind of, it's like I said, it's when a puppy, you know, starts biting your hand and, you know, throwing the ball at you, they want you to be the aggressor. And that's kind of how it was. I wasn't so much like a, Oh, I'm a, such a little girl. I need you to like punish me. It was more like a power exchange, like a little bit of like a playful power play kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it was for me. And I mean, and I mean, and I found nothing wrong with being like smacked a little bit and called a stupid bitch. You know, there is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Always with somebody that you trust. With someone I trust. And it's, and the thing I realized is that not everyone can do it. I had some boyfriends like try to do it. And it, when it's, when that kind of stuff is contrived, it's awful. So how's that different than like a sub in your mind? Like, well, like, at like least when somebody said to you, that- okay, uh, at least from what I've heard, like in the fetish community, a sub, and I, you know, and, not, and it's not everyone, but a lot of the subs that I've spoken with kind of are more into like the prolonged humiliation and like a different form of like degradation per se. And then whatever they want, whatever they like, they like. But mine was always kind of more of like a playful, like, you know, like a, like a, like a professor student kind of like, I'm going to, you know, be in charge of you, little girl. More, more like that than it was like, uh, here, hold this butt plug in your ass for three hours and don't move. You know, you know, like, tell me what to do, but don't hurt me. (laughs) You know, so it was definitely more, it's more of an attitude thing than a physical thing. It has to be the right, it was more, it was definitely more about the right, I'm I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a writer. It's all about wordplay with me. Um, The right verbiage and the right attitude meant a lot more to me than the actual physical aspect of it. So um, you can tell me what to do. You can call me little names. You can push me around. Um... But when it came to like actual, actual like humiliation and degradation and masochism, that that stuff was a little bit too much for me. Um, which is interesting because you contrast that with like um, the uh, how do I say this? Like, like most of the people that you were hanging out with are not that. They're not assertive. They're not take charge uh, kind of people to sort of yeah. boss you around. Yeah, it's definitely been a challenge with dating because obviously in the the, the the crowds I've hung out with and a lot of the people I hang out with, a lot of the guys I meet, it's kind of like, I love you like a brother. It's always kind of been like that dynamic. And, you know, a lot of them, and bless their heart, they're, they're, they're beta. They're very beta. And I like alpha, you know, you know, it, it, with that, the kind of dynamic that turns me on and the kind of dynamic that I am, I gravitate toward. has always kind of been the very assertive kind of alpha male kind of thing, but not in a jock way. You know, but still definitely a very self-assured, very aggressive personality, which, you know, most comic book nerds and little nerdy boys, are they're not like that, you know. And I was always seen as this really aggressive female, you know. Yeah, you are kind of aggressive, like. But see, that's the thing. I'm aggressive and I want to be the pet, which means that you have to be that much more aggressive. <laughs> you are a wild woman who has to be tamed. Exactly. Yes. I think you kind of scare some guys off because you're so aggressive. I am. I'm very. I'm. I'm very. I'm very extroverted. I'm very talkative. I'm very bold. I'm not shy about anything. Isn't that sort of a litmus test, though? Kind of like a like you have to get past me. Kind of Definitely. Like if you can if you can spar off with me, you know, then I might consider it. But um, and that's the thing with a lot of nerdy boys. They're and they're so sweet. But that's that's not really what does it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what what do we got next? What what are where are we going with this next? We're going with Kiss and Tell. Ooh, it's story time. It is story time. So sexual adventures, something funny, something sexy. Um, This actually kind of ties into nerdy and sexy. All right. So uh, when I was 14, I met my, my preacher's son was a computer nerd, computer technician. And uh, we would have our LAN parties in the church because he had the key to the church. And our land parties. Um, so yeah, it kind of turned into like, oh, we're gonna go to the church and play video games, and also fucking the room where we have Bible study. You know, so that was actually kind of fun. 
and uh, you know things like that. And then I mean, I kind of have a gross story. Is a yeah, gross story. You want to you want to hear the gross story? God, all right. Well, this the is, awesome story. It's not okay. Fine. No, I think it's awesome. So uh, the, <laughs> there was definitely a um, night or day, week or so, sorry, when I was 16 and my first boyfriend, you know, we had broken up for like the eighth time or something. We were very off and on. And it was a, a day where, you know, we had been broken up, but, uh, and I went and hung out with my other friend and he and I were kind of like always like friends with benefits and, you know, we kind of fooled around that morning and um, he kind of uh, fertilized my... Nether define, regions. Define fertilized or nether regions. He spooged inside me. Okay. That's that's the technical term, I believe. Yes. Scientific, right. scientific terms. Makes you think that there was some sort of actual like. I did embryo in there. No, I didn't get pregnant. I did not get pregnant. So anyway, so uh, I definitely I have some uh, <laughs> dishonorable discharge going on, <laughs> <laughs> and um. Uh, so then I went up at my ex boyfriend's house during that same day because we're very makeup breakup. And he he goes down to eat me out, and he comes back up, and he's like, you taste different. (laughs) So essentially, I snowballed my ex-boyfriend with another guy's, you know, man batter. So uh, that's definitely uh, one of my grosser stories. With your pussy, that's the best part. With my with my vagina, I didn't even do it with my mouth. It was so fucking. It was like a it was like a ninja move, and a ninja snowballed him with with another guy. Yeah, and clear actually, it wasn't even intentional. You know, it just kind of happened that way. Special, you know. And uh, actually, I I do have one more. It's really quick. I remember um, my ex-fiance. He was very sweet, very, very sweet. But uh, he was very much not aggressive. And um, I remember when I lived with him and we didn't really have that much sex. I was 18. He's 19. Like, why aren't we fucking like rabbits? Like, we live together. Why aren't what the fuck's going on here? So he came home from work one day and I was like, fuck it. We're going to go to the sex shop. You know, and we go to it was called Susie's down the street. And uh I was like, I don't care what you want. Get whatever you want in this store. I just want to have a fucking sex life. I don't give a shit. And I wound up picking out legitimate handcuffs, like metal handcuffs, like no fuzzy pink shit for me. Like it was like metal handcuffs. God. And it was so, it was just so embarrassing for him and me actually, because we go home and I got, I got all dolled up. I got put on a corset and shit. And he's, he's like, oh God. It, he he tried to do it, but it was just like the most pathetic thing ever. <laughs> like it's the worst when a guy that's really passive and docile tries to handcuff you and push you around. It's like you just feel embarrassed for them. <laughs> so uh, it was. It was like <laughs> Deputy Dewey from Scream, like trying to like. Yeah, exactly. Like, like do you know. BDSM on you. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm it thinking. Totally <laughs> Deputy Dewey from Scream, like. Like trying to be like, come here. And it just it just didn't work. And so, uh, you know, that was definitely one of those beta situations that I can speak of. Of that, Like in my ner- mind, there's already a guy with like a little mustache. And it's just, Fuck. It's yeah. just going horribly wrong. Yeah. No David Arquette for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that, I mean, that that's also a very good example of like the sweet nerd boy that I dated for a long time that had no idea how to handle me in the bedroom at all and just didn't turn me on. So. All of a sudden, this section became sad. <laughs> like, All right, well, then followed up with something. We are supposed to share stories Some as well. people are... I have mine, but I want to go last because ours is very recent. Wait, wait. I don't know. I've met some know. guys that are also turned on by sadness. I also dated a guy that was turned on when girls cried. Just saying. Turned on. Wow. Yeah, I have a weird track That's record. Weird. <laughs> um, I don't have any. Oh, I do have one story. Speaking of crying. It was a time that I freaked out. Like, I, I freaked the fuck out. So, I was dating this girl, and we were having sex, and I was just fucking going to town. Like, just all out, right? And all of a sudden, in the middle of it, I noticed that she had been crying while we're fucking. Which, if you're Ooh. a guy, and, like... Cause Did I you smell like her uncle? Like, I, what I the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all of a sudden, yeah, she was like, uh, Uncle Bill! And, uh, <laughs> But, you know, right away my mind goes into like, wait a minute, how long has she been crying that I didn't notice? <laughs> so I start freaking out and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And apparently, no, it was just a thing. Like, I guess if like sometimes if you're getting it, you cry. Like, like she was like, I, no, this, I I'm guess. not. I guess. I mean, not, I have no she, have like, it wasn't that. tears of, there was like more like tears of joy kind of thing. Like, oh, I guess you, I bet you felt awesome about yourself. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I well, have a fucking master fucking of cry. this Like, ever since. Came for the first time. Yeah. Like, Fuck the tears out of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is a it's a definitely an ego boost but then after that everything else is like downhill like that that was the my peak of <laughs> that was the climax like, see I, what i did there so, yeah you gave me my first climax yeah but i didn't have it made sex. you cry like maybe I'm, i don't know i might maybe not for that maybe i should punch you in the eye or something like next time <laughs> just don't, don't get punched <laughs> Because like anything after that, it's like I, I've never made another bitch cry. Like I, just, I don't know. <laughs> we so just a, we, we just we just paused because there was an awkward, like we weren't ready to share a story, and I'm not sure what exactly what part she was going to share or not. So we'll probably hold on to that one for like next episode. So I think Tasha's bowing out of of stories unless she can think of something off the top of her head. Well, apparently, you know, my stories are are too risque. It's just too raunchy. It's too raunchy for the oh, internet. My birthday, like that. Not too, have you guys no. seen cakefarts.com? How is this too raunchy? No, I haven't seen that one. You know, it's been a while since I've seen internet like fucked up internet. Uh, Dude, websites. there's a whole website. It's called Cake Farts, and the entire website is just chicks farting on cakes. That's the whole website. <laughs> that is not something that I do. Cake farts. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> just what? saying, that's the whole porn site. Every just time I cake hear farts. of these, I'm like, why didn't I think of this and make money off of it? I hate right? it. Why didn't I fart on cakes not, and make a bunch exactly. of money? <laughs> it's not so much that I'm jealous or I think like I'll get off on it. It's more like, God damn it, I could have thought of that. Like, I, that's so simple and genius. Like, all the best <laughs> ideas are the simple ones. Well, I want to just say without describing it that my birthday was just very awesome. That's all I can say now. I think I know that story, but so, I won't disclose anything. So if anybody has heard that story, they, they know what I'm talking about. And you guys out there don't get to hear it, apparently, so. And your birthday's See that? Up. See that internet? We're creating intrigue and mystery. Maybe we'll reveal that in another episode. To be continued. To be continued. I hate being censored. Ellipses. <laughs> um, show and tell is when we talk about something that we like, that we've found on the internet, or that we like generally in life, um, to share with the world and so that they can check it out themselves. So. Awesome. All right, what'd you find? Well... I guess since I didn't have a story for the last one, I'll go first. Um, I didn't just find this. I found this a few years ago. Um, and the but, specific thing that made me come to it was um, baby Jesus. I'm not a religious person. I used to be a religious person. I grew up Mormon. Um, and so, but I'm not anymore. But this this came up not because of religion. Just, I don't, I don't know how I came. Is it because it's the holiday season? Well, the reason I bring this up is because of the holiday season, but um, I can't even remember how I stumbled upon this. I just looking, probably after looking at Bad Dragon, maybe. Um, but Baby Jesus Butt Plug is what brought me to um, divineinterventions.com. It's divine-interventions.com. But um, Baby Jesus Butt Plug, which is, is there, shaped like Baby Jesus. Is there a description? Like, does it dis- like have some kind of cool description? Like, just sell it? Like, <laughs> When you woke up this morning, you know that something was missing in your life. <laughs> it wasn't the new car, the new job, the boyfriend, or the girlfriend. But now you know it's the Baby Jesus butt plug. Slap him on the dashboard. <laughs> Use him as the ultimate pacifier or make Baby Jesus the centerpiece of your magnificent dildo collection. I want to put this on. Is the there a tree. dildo nativity scene I can buy? Is like a full set? Like, I want to put I, it on a Christmas tree. Like I want an ornament of. <laughs> you know, what is, I'll just put that up for Christmas. So and I, <laughs> I'm not big, and I mean, I haven't explored butt plugs as much as maybe I would like. I, I'm, I'm My butt plug knowledge is not extensive. <laughs> I, I'm, I dabble with Jim with some some anal play. Um, I'm still growing into it, but uh, so I might go for one of these other toys that are on here like jack let's let's just name all the religious toys on here jackhammer jesus buddha's delight uh, baby jesus butt plug the devil virgin mary the bible thumper so you don't want to do the virgin mary one because you'll end up pregnant with that one somehow (laughs) the diving nun (laughs) shiva which is a ginormous butt plug ah it's a destroyer of butts and the Grim Reaper. Do, do, just read the Wait, why doesn't the Shiva have like seven hands? <laughs> it's a uh, seven-headed dildo <laughs> orgies. And stuff. I would imagine uh, that looks more like, like like some Godzilla monster. Like what's the one? With the that one dragon one with all the heads. I forgot that one. Uh, Hydra. Yeah. You're welcome to read that, but you know. What me? I don't want. 
Uh, yeah, the, the description is full of Shiva-ish words. Oh, hey, I know uh, some Hindu shit. All right, here, you can read that. Let's see. How can I butcher this and be offensive? <laughs> Shiva, baby. Uh, pranalinga my anga. Read it in like a tech support kind of. Uh, Yoni my Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> Babalinga and leave him. Cleaving lips, a ray of light, the sacrificial post. Shiva created the whole world that includes your six stage shast. Power bullet sold separately. <laughs> now no, no, ask me if, if I've turned it off and on again. I don't know. <laughs> Have you tried turning it off? Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> So you should don't steal my curry. <laughs> check all these toys out. I don't know if I would buy them. Maybe I would when I eventually have some sort of toy collection, even if it's just for display when my kids move out. But uh, they're they're pretty fun and interesting looking. Like I think I would. Uh, the Jackhammer Jesus is Jesus on the crucifix. So I'd probably try to play out the whole uh, um, exorcist scene where oh, I can be the priest. That'll green be awesome. vomit and everything. Oh, just the yeah. I don't know. About that <laughs> part, she was a quiet, was an altar boy. And, and the best part is they come in different colors. I would definitely want the blood red. I think that's amazing. It would just blend right in when you know when the when you when you fall to the communists every month. <laughs> fall to the communists. <laughs> All right. Well, that's my comes in tide thing. Or that's that's my show and tell. It's divine interventions dot com um, slash religious toys. Check that out for the holidays. Maybe get one for mom. Right. Hang them on the tree, you know. <laughs> All right, Heather, what, what, what have you been into lately? Um, mine's actually not nearly as naughty, but it, it's a book uh, named Sex at Dawn, and it's a really amazing book because I'm also a huge psychology nerd. I don't think we glossed over that, but I actually am a huge neurology, psychology um, human evolution kind of nerd. I, I study that all the time. I'm a, I have a very bad documentary addiction, and it's an entire book regarding, you know, the, the, the current state of human sexuality and how it's evolved and how monogamy is not the natural norm and how yes it is oh, oh really you're, you're making baby jesus no cry. you you're making baby jesus butt plug cry right now <laughs> that's just the lube oh. um <laughs> uh no and it's definitely all about, it definitely gives a lot of very uh traditional narrow-minded people a different view on how sexuality and relationships can have a much different dynamic naturally and it's not just for you know weirdos and sluts like it's it's a a very natural thing to actually not be monogamous i think she just called us weirdos and sluts like i said it sarcastically very backhanded compliment i said it sarcastically (laughs) in the tone of i I said it in my bigot voice it's not not just for bigots and sluts like you two (laughs) i said it in my bigot voice implying that that i don't feel like that it's for upstanding (laughs) citizens like myself (laughs) so no it's it's a very good book i mean um it's you don't have to be a psychology nerd or evolution nerd to to enjoy it i mean i actually have a friend that's been reading it and you know she it's kind of blowing her mind because she's always kind of been of that you know that similar like traditional mindset of of how relationships are and how sex is and it kind of totally breaks the mold and makes a lot of things make a lot more sense and it's really amazing so if you kind of it definitely i would recommend it for people that kind of you know don't fall into line with like let's just get married and have babies forever you know and which it's that's not that you know that's not how it we're evolved. We're human beings. We're very vastly complex, especially with our sexual, uh, you know, evolution. So, um, if you know, if you want to learn more about that, it's called Sex at Dawn. I forgot who wrote it because I'm a chump, but it's a very good book. Okay, sounds cool. good. Yeah, it does sound good. And kind of uh, going off of that, uh, mine is uh, it's not really something that I found. You know what? Really, it's more. Um, I, f- I finally heard the. Um, uh, the blurred line song like i finally heard the whole thing because i never heard the song like oh, i saw it like, oh it did, did it make, make you want to rape everyone it did make me want, I, yeah <laughs> i instantly became rapey um yeah it was really weird because i mean I'd, i heard the song because i saw the mtv clip with the mouse and i was so busy wait like, wasn't that beetlejuice oh no right, way yeah. <laughs> and exactly it was such and a Skeletor. spectacle that i never I didn't pay Skeletor attention. up in this motherfucker <laughs> and i didn't pay attention to the songs so I, I and then then i kept seeing people posting that it was a very rapey song and it was misogynistic and blah 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 so I was driving down the street the other day, um, uh, and this, the song came on, and, and I, I let it play because I wanted to hear it. And so I, I was, like, really paying attention to lyrics. And, the, like, I realized that I totally didn't understand where people were getting, like, the whole it's very rapey thing. I know you want it. Yeah. 
and I guess that is the line is that's the thing that because because to me coming from my headspace and, and I've had friends who who come from sexually abusive relationships who see the song through a different prism right because they've been abused so they see sort of catchphrases or uh, I don't know triggers uh, to abuse so that's how they see it. and I guess that's that's one way of looking at it but the other way of looking at it is uh, from like my point of view where um, to me, the song sounds like it's about a chick who wants to sort of, uh, you know, play a little rough and and her husband or her partner it does not do that. And this guy's totally offering to do that. And then there's even like other lines in there that, that in my mind suggests like this might be a chick who's getting divorced. Because and, he talks yeah. about like you don't need papers, you know, basically to play or something like that. I so mean, like, and yeah, you even read into it more than I did. I just took it as like some cocky guy at a bar well, picking up whole, on younger girls, yeah. and they're just kind of not having it, but they kind of do have it. You know, and the, yeah. that whole like coy back and forth thing where there's, they play innocent, but they're you know they're you know. There's a couple things in there that make it sound like 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 this chick is breaking up with somebody, and he doesn't want to be that guy. And and but he, but he wants to do not it. about rape. <laughs> yeah, and that's and so I thought that, that was my like internet thing. So I ended up like, and then Tasha and posted. Rape is bad. Rape is bad. Oh yeah, mom, totally, totally bad. Yeah, that it's acceptable. Yeah. But it, nothing in that song though, to me in my mind, struck as like uh, this chick is saying no, and he's pushing himself on her. Like I, it yeah. just seemed like more he's being assertive. Like I know what you want. You you want to do this. I want to do it. But fuck, you know, it's not going to be quite right, you know, because of whatever the circumstances. Yeah. Are. So that's why. I said. But then, interestingly enough, Tasha posted an article about how um, um, there's some celebrity couples that are slowly starting to kind of uh, come out of the the monogamy closet. Like they're hmm. they're kind of coming out. And, and I think they've always been sort of. I mean, a lot of them have been more in non traditional relationships, and it's just. Well, I know. I at least know one off my bat is uh, uh, from Green Day. Billy Joe Armstrong is definitely. Um, he and his wife have been, at least at least from what I've heard, pretty poly on and off. Right. Yeah. And uh, like uh, supposedly, uh, Will and Jada Smith may or may not have a thing going on. The the guy who sang the blurred line, blurred line song, blurred line song. What's his name? Robin. Robin Thicke. You know Alan Thicke's son. I didn't know that till the other day. Like some guy at work was like, you know who his dad is, right? Alan Thicke. I was like, the, the guy from Growing Pains? <laughs> yeah, the dad from Growing Pains. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so I guess like they may or may not have a thing. And then like Dolly Parton may or may not be in, a, in an open she relationship. Was, she was more open about like that. Being. Yeah. And then she sort of took it back. So I think it's like people are kind of like baby stepping. But I think it's kind of also that there's there's more people that are just kind of realizing that like that just doesn't work that's unrealistic this this idea of monogamy or just like i know dan savage like some people are okay with being monogamous we're not down on monogamy that's not the whole thing it's if it's you know if it's whatever the dynamic that work whoever you're with if the dynamic works with them then it works with them people need to stay out of other people well don't stay out of other people's beds get all up in their business (laughs) but you know just they should be able to do what they want to do and they shouldn't be have to hide it or be very careful about what they say they should just be able to you should always it. be able to be proud of who you sexually are yeah. right and, and that's just it is that everyone sort of finds their their comfortable place and what works for them and, and I, you know i think that's all kind of interesting and the song just happened to kind of be a catalyst for some discussion on like my facebook page and and <laughs> reading um you know you are the devil i know and then reading, uh, uh, you know, Jim, the, are you the, the spawn of Satan? I am the spawn of Satan. <laughs> so that was my internet thing of the week, and that—that's uh, pretty much wrapping it up for us. It's time for shameless self-promotion. Yay! So this is. Uh, so finally, we're on iTunes. Yes, uh, we are. They didn't really tell us we were on iTunes. I just found us on iTunes. So yeah, you can—you should be able to find us on pretty much any aggregator now because iTunes, pretty much is on all of them. So iTunes, SoundCloud, um, our website, which is the naughty nerds.com. Don't, 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 put, don't forget to put the the, otherwise you go to a porn portal. I mean, go ahead and go to the porn portal. It's, it looks really fun. I haven't spent that much time on it, but we well, want you to visit us. Yes. Yeah, so open up another tab and then listen to our podcast while you're going through porn. Cause yeah, go ahead. Like I totally, I'm okay with you masturbating while listening to us. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds especially fun. the part also with me doing this sexy Hindu voice. Yes, I think is. that might do it for a lot of people. Right. Which, uh, and then uh, so also we got our Facebook. Uh, our Facebook is T N N Podcast. T 
TNN Podcast. So yeah, so on Facebook slash TNN Podcast. And then the other thing we have is we actually have like a hotline kind of thing. So for this hotline, you can leave uh, comments. Uh, if, if you want to fake an orgasm or better yet, just leave your phone on while you're having sex. And we'll, we'll put that in the we're podcast. If you're masturbating, like, go ahead, spank it. Like, we'll put it on there. We don't give a shit. Uh, what's the number where somebody can do that? That hot phone, <laughs> 90s phone sex kind of thing. It's 415-691-ORAL. I think Heather's going to leave one. Just I'm just saying that maybe. You should. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go straight home. As a matter of fact, like just leave the porn on that you're playing so we can hear it in the background. That's probably going to be gay porn. That's awesome. That's even better. That'll be hilarious. That'll be so it's good. It's going to be gay bear porn. It'll be gay bear porn. So it'll be like a lot of grunting. <laughs> and then because they're, they're furry, so it'll be like. Yeah, you'll hear it. Yeah, like just the, the, the squishing of Scraping. facial hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. totally. That's, that's yep. yep. And then and then Heather just. In my little Asian girl voice. <laughs> So you once should again, give us a fake orgasm so that we can compare it to the real one that you're going no, to leave. No, just do the fake one. <laughs> just do the fake one. Yeah, it's it's, I'll sound like Hyuna. It's fine. <laughs> All right, so one more time. The, the phone number for that is? 415-691-6725. Which or, spells what? Oral. <laughs> that's because I, I think that's funny. Oral. All right, Heather. Well, thanks for coming down and, and playing our silly little reindeer games. Yes. Thank you for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so that wraps it up uh, for the Naughty Nerds podcast. I'm Jim. And I'm Tasha. And once again, a reminder to our fellow nerds, stay, stay freaky. freaky. That was so cheesy. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>